Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. It's a beautiful Monday morning. This is Father Manny Alvarez. Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I am flying solo today because my co-host is, you know, executing his primary vocation, which is being a good husband and father. His little man is uh, under the weather today, so he is not in the office. So I am podcasting, producing, talking all today uh, for the first segment. At least Ashley will join me for the second segment to talk about sports. But want to dive into yesterday's readings Brief as they were, very powerful as we celebrate the fifth Sunday of Easter. And I really want to get into it. You know, Jesus in the gospel is talking to his disciples the night before he died. So you want to think about, you know, the gravity of the situation. You want to think about, put yourself in in the mentality of our Lord, who knows that he is going to be turned over into our hands to die and wants to leave his disciples with some final instructions, final marching orders, if you will, final bits of wisdom. And that's where we find the gospel yesterday, where we go to John 13 and, and the beginning of the gospel, you know, the, the gospel writer points out that once Judas had left, so now he's talking to the 11, the betrayer isn't there. So now things really get intimate. Things really get, you know, really get down to the nitty-gritty. Jesus says to them, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. Then he goes, My children, and I love how Jesus says that, because your other translations have little children because we are Jesus' children. You know, even though we say he's our brother, the son of God, but he has been, always been, the Alpha, the Omega, was present at creation. And now he's addressing us, my little children, addressing his disciples, addressing us. He says, my children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me. But where I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So also you should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's a very simple gospel. Yesterday, when I celebrated the 9 a.m. Mass with the children, with our third graders, you know, we just repeated those three words. From the gospel, love one another. The kids were, kept repeating it after me. Jesus wants us to, and they all repeated, love one another. And it was so beautiful to see. Now, right next to me at the altar was Our Lady of Fatima. And I was telling the children, so you don't have to wait to be adults to be holy. Because you, you saw there, next uh, somebody placed next to Our Lady of Fatima, the picture of the three shepherd children of San Francisco, San Jacinta, and Sister Lucia, hopefully soon to be St. Lucia. And, I, and I, I showed them the picture, and I go, see, Lucia was 10, 
Francisco was seven, Jacinta was six. And I told them, see, you can be saints as well. All you have to do is, and I pointed them and they all said, love one another. It is so simple, yet we fail at it so miserably as a human race. Because Jesus gives us, you know, basically the path towards peace, towards joy, towards fulfillment, towards living the divine life that he has wanted us all to live from the create from the moment of creation. But we've we've rejected that. Now, so many things are going on around us, and you think to yourself, I mean, why can't people love one another? And before we get into that, I want to make a distinction here. Because Jesus earlier, not in the Gospel of St. John, but in the Synoptic Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when the teachers of Pharisees approach him and say, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, you know it, what are they? He said, well, you should love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And Jesus said, well, yes, true, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Jesus wasn't making anything new up. He was quoting the Old Testament. You know, loving God and loving our neighbor, that was Jewish teaching. Wasn't practiced very well, still isn't practiced very well, you know, for all of us. But here's the distinction between loving our neighbor and what Jesus says in the Gospel of St. John, love one another as I have loved you. Here's the distinction. In the Old Testament, we're talking about a human love. Love one another as you would love yourself. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Okay, so that's just on human terms. Now, when Jesus says in the Gospel of St. John, love one another as I have loved you, now we're talking about divine love. We're talking about supernatural love. Jesus wants us to love with the very heart of God. And there's only one way to do that. There's only one way to love one another. And that's by, and he'll say this later on in the Gospel of John, and that's by laying down your life for the other. See, that's what love is. You know, we hear so much about what love is and what love isn't. You go to 1 Corinthians 13, which I hear every weekend at a wedding. And people don't understand. They just like it. And, I, and I've spoken about this in the podcast. People like it because it's poetic and it's nice. Oh, Father, it sounds nice. But really get into it. St. Paul says what love is and what love and what love isn't. He is talking about divine love. St. John here is talking about divine love. Love one another as I have loved you means we have to love as Christ loved us, which means to the point of giving up our lives for others. We look at the cross and that's the standard. That's the standard. Because when you propose to your girlfriend, when you enter into the sacrament of matrimony, husband and wife, you have to be willing to give your life for that person. Lay your life down for that person. I mentioned Jorge at the beginning of the podcast. You know, he's not with me this morning. Why? And I said, he's exercising and he is fulfilling his primary vocation, which is being a good husband and being a good father because his son is sick. He's not too bad, but, you know, needed to stay home today. So someone had to stay with him. And so the moment that, you know, Jorge and his beautiful wife Angie celebrate 10 years of marriage this September, 
when they said, I do, when they said yes to one another, they laid down their lives for one another. When they had children, they laid down their lives for their children. And who among you who is listening to me, who is married, who has children, would not lay down your life for your wife, would not lay down your life for your children. Because if you approach it from a sacramental level, the sacrament of matrimony, if you approach it from the divine level, then, well, yes, of course. We have no choice but to lay down our life for our spouse, for our children. Now, let's talk about it in terms of our neighbor. We're called to love everyone. You know, it was very funny. I believe it was back in February. I, I you know, I said a word, uh, the line of one of my Oswald directors, you know, I, I have to love, I love you, but I don't necessarily have to like you. I heard it in a TV show that I was watching this weekend. You know, it was, it was a TV show that, you know, mom is a widow and she's dealing with an alcoholic daughter and the alcoholic daughter is trying to go through the steps and trying to apologize. Mom won't have it. And finally, mom says, you know, grabs her by the face. He goes, sweetheart, I love you but I don't like you. It was a heartbreaking scene because here is this girl, you know, not a girl, she was in her, in her 30s, but here is this woman trying to apologize to her mother, but the mother wouldn't have it. But love also implies, you know, forgiveness, which a mother wouldn't offer. But how many times, whether it be with friends or in your marriage or in your family life, with your parents, with your brothers, your sisters, that you can't just bring yourself to forgiveness. And that's what the world sorely needs. Is this divine love which allows us to forgive, which makes it easy for us to forgive. Jesus comes to bring us this divine love. Now, I was talking earlier, we look at everything in the world that is going on, and we think, wow, why can't people just simply love each other? Why can't people just look at their brother or their sister, no matter the color of their skin, no matter what nationality they are, no matter who they are, where they came from, what they believe, and just say, you know what? That person is made in the image and likeness of God, and I have to love them. Because you, obviously, you look at all the, all the world events. You look at the things that happened this weekend, just this weekend. Two you know about, one you don't. I'm going to talk about three events. I said two you know about, one you don't. Obviously, Ukraine, that continues going on. Say, why, you know, why can't they sit down and just talk peace? And I know this is very simplistic talk from a priest that is not a diplomat, that is not a politician, and I know it's much more complicated than that. But we hear the Holy Father every single Sunday, almost every, every single day for that matter, pleading for peace, saying, I'll go there if I have to. I'll go to Moscow if I have to. He just wants peace. We all want peace. Because we haven't peeled back to see what true atrocities are going on over there. All because we cannot love one another. You look at what happened in Buffalo on Saturday with the mass shooting, fueled by racial hatred. And you think, well, why couldn't this young man, 18 years old, why couldn't he just love one another? Why did he have to target 
this particular neighborhood? Why did he have to target the black community? Why did he have to do this? And even if it wasn't race, even if he just opened fire in a random place, it's happening way too often in our country. Why? Because we don't love one another. And it's not just the lack of love he had for the people that he shot, but somewhere along the line, and again, this is Father being very ignorant and simplistic and, and thinking about things and looking at things and talking about things through the, lens, through the lens of faith. Somewhere along the line, he had to not have received the love that we are called to give everyone. I'm, I'm thinking about the, the, the shooter in Parkland. You know, that's personal to me because I had, you know, former students in that building because I was an associate in, in, in the parish in Parkland for two and a half years. I had former students in that building. So it's personal to me. And I'm thinking, okay, why? I'm, I'm blanking out on the name of, of the shooter, but why didn't this kid get the help that he needed? Why didn't he get the love that he needed? Why didn't he get the attention that he needed? And it's something that I think about a lot you know, because I'm in the school every day and I'm with the children every day and there's always these little outcasts and there's always, you know, and we, you know, we all went to school. We all had outcasts, we all had things. And we don't love everybody the same way. And sometimes we don't love every, you know, we don't love at all. Oh no, that, those people, that we don't like them. We don't love them. And we're called to love one another and that happens in Catholic schools as well. So those are, you know, the Buffalo incident and What's going? What keeps going on in Ukraine? The two incidents that I want to talk about that you that you probably know about, and the third you probably don't know, but I mentioned it briefly last night at the five thirty mass on Saturday. Father Stephen, one of our priests here in our parish, Nigeria, we were sitting down watching a soccer match. One of his, his favorite team, Chelsea, was playing, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the match, he just says, "Father, pray for." For my home diocese, for my home, you know, my home state in Nigeria, there's a lot of violence going on. And he starts explaining to me what's going on. And I was heartbroken. And he's telling this, and I'm and I'm very used to, you know, I live with two Nigerian priests, and I've become very accustomed to going into the kitchen while we're having breakfast or while we're having dinner and and them telling us of something, telling me or telling Father Omar of something that's going on in their homeland and and speaking about violence and Obviously, they're not numb to it. You, you could feel the pain in their voices, in their hearts, when they're telling you this. But the world doesn't know. But So let me explain to you what Father Stephen explained to me. And, and, and I'm, I'm reading off an article from Aid, Aid to the Church in Need, which is an organization that, that, you know, that monitors you know, trouble spots throughout the world. And this is what's going on in the home diocese of Father Stephen. Eight of the church and he reported that they received confirmation on May 11th of the death of Father Joseph Aketa Bako from the Diocese of Kaduna in Nigeria, who along with two other priests was abducted in March. Now, Father Stephen told me about this back in March and prayed for this priest that was abducted. And yesterday was the first time that I heard that he had been found dead. Father Joseph had kidnapped from his home on March 8th. And although there had been rumors that he had died in the hands of of his abductors weeks ago, church authorities have only been able to provide verification. According to the local reports gathered by the aid of the church in need, two weeks ago, another person who was being held in the same camp 
as Father Joseph was released. He told the chairman of Father Joseph's parish council that the priest had died in the camp because of illness and mistreatment. Despite this, the family held out hope until the last moment that he might be released alive. Regina Lynch, the head of projects for aid at the church in need, said, The increase in kidnappings, murders, and general violence against civilians, including members of the Catholic clergy in many parts of Nigeria, is a scourge that is yet to be properly addressed by the local authorities. Father Joseph was one of three Catholic priests kidnapped during this past March. Two other priests were subsequently released. In the same period, according to a Nigerian organization that monitored these acts of violence, 287 people were murdered and 356 kidnapped in the Kaduna state alone. This is where Father Stephen is from. The plight of the kidnappings and persecution was mentioned by Archbishop Matthew Manoso Nangoso of Kaduna just weeks ago on Easter Sunday. Now, you know, the Archbishop spoke of hope. He says, yes, we are suffering. Yes, we are traumatized. Yes, we are despondent. Yes, as we talk, about, as we talk there are thousands of Nigerians in kidnappers' dens and hundreds of thousands have lost their dear ones. Many people here have been victims of these kidnapping situations like these. This is In situations like this, it is easy, even for the most religious, to think that God has abandoned them. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope. The gospel is saying to the people that the risen Christ is with us, he told local media. Now, fast forward to last week. And this is what Father Stephen really was worried about on Saturday. Now, aid for the church in need is deeply troubled by the terrible murder of Deborah Yakubu, a Christian student who was stoned and then burned at the Sheo Shagari College of Education in Sokoto, northern Nigeria. It's not mentioned in this article, but just to give you why she was, you know, an explanation of why she was stoned and then burned is that Father Stephen explained to me that she was in, in the college there that was mentioned. And there was some Islamic writing, and, and it, was, it was basically hate speech, and she objected to it, and, you know, some Islamic extremists did not take, take, you know, did not take that lightly, and because she objected to it, because she was a woman also, she was stoned to death and burned. ACN, H for the Church in Need, decries this most recent act of violence, the executive vice president said, the levels of extremism and violence reached in Nigeria over the last few years are absolutely appalling. Hardly a week goes by without news of kidnappings and dozens of deaths, but this barbaric attack leaves us speechless. Deborah Yakubu is said to have sent a blasphemous What's Up message about Muhammad during Ramadan when the college was closed for holidays. When she returned to class, a group of students was waiting and attacked her, stoning her, and then setting fire to her body. The Sheu Shagari Education College of Sokoto has since been closed by order of the state government of Sokoto. And, you know, members of ACN said, Our thoughts and prayers are with Deborah's family and with the Christian community of Sokoto. At the time, we call on all political and religious leaders in Nigeria to firmly and openly condemn this case of religious extremism. The religious extremism we have become so familiar with uh, under Boko Haram and that has caused so many innocent victims seems to have spread and polarize an increasingly large part of society. This is a serious religious liberty crisis and is not only caused by terrorists. The Nigerian government must reflect deeply on what, where this violence is dragging this country and how it can defend the rights of all citizens, said one of the, one of the, the executive president of Aid for the Church in Need. Since 1989, 12 states in northern Nigeria have adopted Sharia-based legal codes which operate in pa parallel with secular courts. Many of these Sharia laws include heavy penalties for blasphemy, including death. 
However, at least Sharia, Sharia guarantees a form of due process without resorting to lynching and summary execution, as happened with this most recent case in Sokoto, which is not unprecedented. According to ACN's most recent religion, religious freedom report, after 20 years of Sharia law, the situation in northern Nigeria has become worse, with ethnicity and religion becoming shortcuts to power, resources, and privilege. The report states that Sharia law has deepened the divisions in the country. The Catholic Bishop of Sokoto, Bishop Matthew Hassan Kuka, who is a promoter of interreligious dialogue in the diocese, spared no words in condemning the criminal act against Deborah Yacobu, the student that was stoned and burned. The bishop called on the state government of Sokoto and on the rele relevant authorities to investigate the incident, determine what caused it, and to bring those responsible to justice. Bishop Kuka all recalled that Christians have lived in peace with their Muslim neighbors in Sokoto for years and asked those who were directly affected and the Christian community of Sokoto to keep calm and wait to ju for justice to follow its course. Unfortunately, calm was not kept, and that's where the article ends, because Father Stephen told me that yesterday, and well, it was actually Father Ugo that told me that yesterday, all the masses in Father Stephen's home diocese were canceled because of fear of persecution, because of fear of violence in the churches, and re religious extremists were at the doors of the cathedral, you know, trying to break everything down. Thankfully, they were not successful. They did manage to burn the bishop's house, the bishop who I just quoted. So all this violence is going on. And I have two priests here who are looking at their homeland and saying, why can't we simply, what Jesus said, love one another. Again, I know that I am speaking in very simplistic terms and saying, okay, the solution is just loving one another when there is great tragic history behind this. But I have two priests who are ready to love, who live out that mantra, love one another every single day in their ministry, who realize that even though their homeland is suffering incredible hardships, hardships that we don't hear about in the press. And that's why I wanted to bring it to you, and I apologize if I sound a little long-winded in reading that article. But, you know, when I, sent that, when I saw that article last night, and I sent it to Father Stephen, he said, this article correctly mirrors the painful experience of Christians in northern Nigeria. Sad, just sad, with an exclamation point. Grieving for his homeland, worried about, obviously, his family, his brother priest. One of them was kidnapped and murdered. Two of them, thankfully, were kidnapped, were released. But when we realize that we are all children of God, that even our Muslim brothers and sisters, we worship the same God. We're all descendants of Abraham. And yet, we cannot love one another. And you could inject religion into what's going on in Ukraine as well. Because they've tried to distort what's going on in Ukraine into a religious or a holy war. But we cannot do that. You know, there were three verses that stood out for me in yesterday's readings. You already heard the first one, love one another, from, from the gospel. The second one, I mean, or at least the first one, came from the first reading, where Paul and Barnabas are proclaiming the good news, and they're coming to Antioch, strengthening the spirits of the disciples because they're undergoing persecution. And, he, and they say to them, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And yes, we will have to encounter many hardships 
to enter the kingdom of God. And listen, obviously what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in Nigeria, northern Nigeria, awful, very violent. But in this country, my friends, I touched on it briefly in last week's episode, we will be undergoing hardships as Christians over the next month and a half when, not if, we pray when, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Because last weekend we had cops outside the church, you know, monitoring, you know, making sure nothing crazy was going on, that our churches weren't vandalized. But around the country, churches were vandalized. People went to the churches, you know, to protest, you know, that this law is going to be finally, this cruel law is finally going to be overturned. And so they're going to come after us. And so when I heard that, you know, I really didn't focus on that when I prepared my homily for this past weekend, but when I heard it, in the first Mass that I celebrated yesterday, when the lector read that, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Remember a couple of weeks ago, the disciples were joyful that they were able to undergo hardships for the sake of the name, for the sake of the name of Jesus. We have to prepare. We have to prepare for these hardships. And we have to, pay attention now, we have to love one another. Because there will be people who get in our face and they will say mean things to us and they will shout at us and they will denigrate us just simply for being Catholic. And yet we have to love them. Recall the story I said, you know, I told last October of that young lady who got out of her car when we were doing the Chain for Life along US 1 on Respect Life Sunday and began to scream at us and argue with us. And that young lady was a student of our school here, was a student alumni of our student of our school. And I said, well, at least we taught you how to think on your own. Fortunately, she went in the wrong direction. But I looked on her. Remember, you know, how many times in the gospel Jesus looked on, you know, especially one particular time when the rich young man, he looked on him with love. Even the people who scream at us, who hate us, we have to look on them with love. Is it difficult? Absolutely. Absolutely, it's difficult. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because things will get more difficult. Things will get more trying for Christians, for Catholics in our country. It may not reach the level of Nigeria, we pray, or of Ukraine. But we have to prepare for the hardships that are to come. I said there were three things that... that Stood out in three verses that stood out in the gospel, love one another. We have to, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And then yesterday, the second reading from the book of Revelation, Jesus, you know, John sees Jesus there standing, behold God's dwelling, hearing a loud voice, Jesus in his glory. And then the one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I've spoken about that so much. You know, Jesus does come to make all things new by his birth, by his life, by his passion, death, and resurrection. But he also needs us to make all things new. He's the one who commissions us to go out into the world and, and to spread the good news. He's the one that tells the disciples to love one another as he loved us. And so we must go out into the world and love one another. We will make a better world if we love one another. All these atrocities I just read out to you, 
when I was reading you that article from Nigeria. And I, re I tweeted it out yesterday, and I'll retweet it today. So if you, have, if you want to read it, you can read it for yourself. And keep tabs on what's going on there. Pray that we be able to love our brother and sister, no matter what their religion is, no matter what the color of their skin is, no matter where they come from. We are called to love. It's something that I have to remind myself every time I sit with someone, whether it be in confession or in spiritual counseling, someone wants to talk, you know, I, as a priest, am called to love this person as if they were my son or my daughter. Now you say, okay, yeah, Father, but you're a priest. You, you dedicated your life to this. That, you know, what you're proposing are, is a very lofty goal, is an impossible goal. But you know what? Jesus sends, that's why Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit, to be able to accomplish the impossible, to be able to look upon the other and say, I love you. And I'll say it again. It sounds very pie in the sky, kumbaya. You know, let's all hold hands and, 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 and sing happy tunes. But why would our Lord instruct us to love one another if he thought we couldn't accomplish it? If he thought that we couldn't fulfill our destiny? Because the way we were created as human beings, we were created in the image and likeness of God. We were created to love to love the same way that God loves us, to be able to lay down our life for the other. And I'm sure that if I, you know, dug deeper into the internet, I could find wonderful examples in Ukraine of people giving their lives for others. And we'll probably hear stories about that in, in Buffalo as well. Because every single time there's a great tragedy, you find stories of people who laid down their life for people they didn't even know. And so that is what we were called to. To love, not just with the human heart, but with a divine heart. And ask the Holy Spirit to allow us to love one another as Christ loved us. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! A running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? All right. So George couldn't be here this morning, so I had to bring in a pinch hitter, and I'm, you know, singing to the bench, and off the bench comes... Miss Ashley Sachs, how are you, Ashley? Hey, happy Monday. It is such a great time to be a South Florida sports now, fan. Now, last Monday, we were like in such a funk because of the Heat lost two over that weekend, oh, and the Panthers had lost two over that weekend, the Marlins were stinking it up, and it was just a miserable, miserable weekend. But today... Crazy. So, I'm happy today, but I don't like the news we found out about the scheduling. All right, but we'll get to that in a second. But no, everything's but let's, great. Let's talk about the good teams. stuff. Two teams in the playoffs, and deep in the playoffs for the most part. Right. The Heat are going to the Eastern Conference Finals, second time in three years. The bubble does count, people. I agree. We placed Boston. We played Boston. We always, we, I thought that we had played Milwaukee in the bubble in the Eastern Conference Finals. We played them in the semifinals. Oh. And Milwaukee 
I didn't, you know, I didn't expect them to lose to Boston. No, for them, and that scares me because if Boston can stop Giannis, Boston's game will to stop. They have the best defensive team in in uh, in the in, in the, the league. league. Yeah, Marcus Smart won the uh, won the Defensive Player of the Year, which kind of ticked off Bam. But yeah, we're pretty good defensively too. Your your friend Trey Young was shut down. Yeah, so we stopped him, and then obviously we stopped a non-healthy Embiid. James Harden was so so. We didn't stop him. He stopped himself. He stopped himself. I could see that. What so, a train wreck! Philly I'm is. nervous. Um, people ask like this week, and they're like, "Do you rather play? Do you want to play the Bucks or do you want to play?" Both worthy adversaries. I would rather have played the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're a better matchup against the Celtics. Um, Tatum though. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's not gonna it's it's not Tatum gonna be. Tatum was easy. younger two years ago, and they remember. It's not gonna be an easy matchup. So our first game's tomorrow, eight thirty. Oh, why? No. Yeah, and you're going to that game. I am. I'll be at game one. It's, I don't understand. It's it's. it's so I understand the the final starting at nine because you, know, you have the West Coast, yeah. but it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Respect it's Eastern Conference thir- teams. It's like okay, yeah. we'll be finishing. 8.30 game, 11, 11.15 when it's, when it's the finals. I remember when the Heat were going to the finals in you know in the LeBron era. I mean, yeah. we're going to bed at midnight. And if you're going to the game, you know you, you, you wouldn't go to sleep until 1, 1.30 by the time yeah. you get home. Yeah, I won't get home probably. Well, I mean, walk, no, you're, 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 you're right walk, there. But it's you're still, right there. It, it'll be a late one tomorrow. So game one tomorrow. So what, what do you think? You got Heat in five like everybody else does? Come on. No, five, no I think this it's one's going to go to seven. This I think one's going to go to seven. seven. You think seven too? So seven, yeah. It's a tough matchup. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of there. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, Boston always gives us fits. Mm-hmm. And also there's a rivalry there. Yeah. I would have loved to have played Milwaukee and get revenge for that sweep last of year. Of course. Now, Milwaukee saying, oh, well, we didn't have Chris Middleton. It would have been different with Chris Middleton. Hello, we didn't have Kyle Lyrie. Exactly. No, it's 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 going to be a tough one. Um, but I think like watching more East games than West games this year, the East is such a stronger conference well, but than I mean, the West. But the, but the West has better records. Now, the top yeah. seed in the NBA gets doesn't get just get, they get got, smoked. Like, Luka Doncic just went off on them. Crazy. And they lost. At one point, I think it was a 40-point lead. It went down to 30 or something. So bad. But it was really, really bad. And I found out, now Golden State's playing on all cylinders, and it looks like the Golden State team that won all those championships, you know, four years ago. But I I thought we had home court throughout now that Phoenix is gone, but we we don't. don't. Unless we play the Mavs in the finals. But, I, but we were talking about it this morning. We, do you really want another Mavs? Heat? I don't know. I don't switch think the country does. No, I think it'll be good to switch it up. No, but it, I would like, that's what I said. I would like to go up against Golden State, go up against those shooters. See what beat the Celtics first. No, I know that, but I'm, <laughs> I, but I'm looking ahead. You know? You're so positive. I am. I remember we went to the, the Sixers. I told series. you Sixers and I said, I said, I said like, to you, I said Heat and Four. One. No, it was and it should have been Heat and Four. Are we getting Kyle Lowry back? I know it's um, nothing but I tomorrow. Don't, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I didn't read anything this morning. I actually yeah. haven't read much this morning except for what I read in the first <laughs> segment. But uh, Kyle Lowry, he did, when he did play in game, I want to say it was game uh, game four. The game Sunday game. It was, I think, it was, it Sunday was game. game four. Yeah, he played four. very well. He, and yeah. he's scrappy. He didn't score much, but there was a little things that he did. But I just want him to be healthy. Yeah. And um, so, what's the keys to beating Boston? What, what do we have to do to beat Boston? Score one more point than they do. Well, no kidding, <laughs> no kidding. But but what do you think? Is it? I more... haven't really broken it down. Is it? I mean, yeah. I, I I did not see. I don't think I saw more than two minutes of that entire seven game series. Struce, if he continues his momentum, Struce, he's fantastic. Struce is, Jimmy he's, Butler has to be Jimmy Butler two And Bam needs to be aggressive in the paint. 
Yes. Those are the three keys. Yeah. We don't have Embiid in the paint down. We don't. That's the only thing yeah. that's scary about Milwaukee is that how do you contain Giannis? You can't. Because I'm talking about in the middle. On the perimeters now, we got you know Tatum. You're right about Struess. And that's yeah. why Duncan is on the bench. We were all screaming in game four, but the thing is in game four, yeah. they really needed to put Duncan in there to start scoring some threes because it wasn't coming from anybody else, but we won the series anyways. But Struess's defense is out of control. Yeah. Lowry's defense. Everybody's so scrappy out there. We had Gabe Vincent coming off the bench. P.J. Tucker, though. Give PJ the man Tucker. respect. His energy, his swag. Yeah. P.J.'s the man. But Kyle Lowry, you saw him on the bench when he was yeah. you know, was coaching more he's than Spolster co- does. him. UD as the coach. UD was at the uh, Marlins game. Yes, he was. That was good yeah. to see him yeah. there. No, UD's all over. He was at the Panthers game. He's all over. such, oh my so, gosh. So the heat. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday. So, yeah. Now, we're gonna, let's get into the NHL because for the Ugh. first time since 1996, and I remember this, you were you were in jerseys. Yep, I remember this. Kindergarten. The Stanley <laughs> Cup run so well. It was my uh, my junior year of seminary, of college seminary, and the, it was just a glorious time to be down here. The whole rat thing was born, <laughs> and it was just glorious. And to think that we hadn't won a playoff series since then. I've been in that arena. I remember in 2012, I was in that arena during Game 7 against the Devils, your Devils. Yes. Okay, your New yes, Jersey yes, Devils. Yes, yes, And we went to overtime in Game... Imagine, overtime in Game 7. Wow. We had two overtimes in Game 7s last night. Mm-hmm. And it was just incredible. And it ends so fast when the other team wins. Yeah. It ends so fast. And we did that on Friday night when we beat, you know, the Capitals, who yes. gave us an incredible series. You know, It was tough. It was you know, tough. They, they, we definitely put a lot of points both ways, but it was a really tough series. I didn't... I didn't think that it would be that tough, and it was a little shocking. It was a little concerning going into the next round playing a powerhouse like the Lightning. So um, I'm a Some, little nervous. Somebody said, I don't know who it was, was a hockey expert. They predicted the Panthers in five. I'm like, what? Not against the Lightning. And the Lightning, you know, they, they have great goaltending, and that's always so important. So we found out the schedule. Oh, this morning. When terrible. I woke up. Oh. So here's what happens. If you haven't found out yet, you're finding out here. The NHL, because they love Miami so much, South Florida so much, they decided to put the Panther games. The Heat games are already scheduled. They were scheduled as, I believe, Friday or Saturday. Yeah, we knew this a while ago. I mean, even though we didn't know our opponent until yesterday afternoon, we already had the schedule because we were the top seed. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is going to start tomorrow night at 8.30 here in FTX Arena. Yeah. So what does the NHL do? You know what? Let's put the, the, the Lightning and the Panthers the same night and the same time both on Tuesday and Thursday, well, but that's not the best part of the schedule. The best part is because there's a concert, I forget the name of the band, <laughs> in Tampa. Yeah. They have to play back-to-back games on Sunday at 1 o'clock or one thirty. Yeah. And then Monday, and Monday night. Yeah. Well, the Come thing on. is tomorrow, okay, so the Panthers play it. Not that this really matters because it's still terrible. Panthers start at 7. We have the 8.30. No. But it's still terrible. It's terrible. Really? You couldn't have done Wednesday, Friday? I'm like, going to have to – I had taken out – there's a TV that I have floating around. I'm going to have to put it and hook it up and and, and put it on because, yeah. you know, so I could watch both at the same time. Yeah. You know, talk about, you know, an so bad. nightmare. I, well, the FTX is really good. I, I know that they're going to give us, like, score updates. They have a really good relationship with the Panthers. They do. So they, I know tomorrow, like, there will be score updates. I plan on wearing, you know, my white hot – all white stuff, but I'm gonna wear my Panther scarf. I'm gonna wear my Panther scarf. There. I'm, I'm gonna support. You be you. That's, that's yes, I, I feel. And then Thursday, obviously, we have an event here, so we'll, no, we'll, uh, we'll have we'll have TV. We'll, have, TVs, we'll have TVs up to to show that we have a captain. You know, our fishing you know, tournament coming up, so we'll have yeah. the TVs up. But I, I, you know, this last night, you know, the, the Hurricanes baseball team. I haven't gotten to see them. I, I wanted to. Either. I wanted to go last night. I mean, tomorrow night 
They play at six. I go, you know what? I'll go oh. at six. You know, and then, you know, the game doesn't start till 8.30. You have time to get back and everything. I have time to get yeah. back. You know, Mark Light is right there. And I can now because the Panthers play at seven. I mean, I still, I don't know. Maybe you, I'll still go. That I, would I be an know. amazing night to see to Canes see, baseball, uh, then Panthers game one. Something and then Father Manny one. would do. Uh, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> I could be in the in the stadium watching the Panther game on my, You'd the, be on, fine. on Saturday, what was that? I've done so many times. I've been in a Marlins game, and, and I apologize to the Marlins that I've put a Yankee <laughs> game course. on my lap and watched it. So, oh, Yankees? No, maybe no. I can understand a different sport. No, 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 no. That's terrible. So the Panthers got blessed, and they won their first playoff series in so an exciting. exhilarating overtime win on Friday. Yeah. And looking forward to taking our revenge on the Tampa Bay Lightning and go back to Tampa. You know, I I, I don't like Tampa. I I, I just you don't, don't like it. I like the city as a whole. You you okay? Explain to me what do you like about? Tampa? I like the breweries there. They have we don't yeah, have breweries like that. Copper Tail, Cigar City. No, it's a cool city. Ebor City is nasty. Um, <laughs> Trop. Well, now that I'm really thinking about it, Father, Tropicana is one of the worst ballparks. Really and I know we have listeners in Tampa. I apologize. Yeah, I mean, the main oh, here's the main now thing. Now I think about it, maybe here, it's here's the main thing that I the main beef that I have with Tampa is that. <sighs> It, Tampa took my little sister when and she Aww. went off to college over there, and I and I never got over that. Oh, and no. I was like, why? Why are you going to USF? You know, and and that's my main beef with Tampa. Lovely people up yeah, there. I have terrible. a lot of brother priests up there, but you know, but you know them winning the Super Bowl, winning the Stanley Cup. Our friend you know, Brady's the, there. The, yeah. the, okay, the Brady's like there. The Rays are constantly winning, even though they haven't won a World Series title. Talking about it. old quarter, I had to tell you. Did you hear Drew Brees might be coming back? He said that Did yesterday. Did you see that in his tweet? He was like... Because everybody's saying he's not coming back to NBC. He said he might... He might can you coach. imagine if he comes... But where's he going to go? Um, we'll take him. Carolina. No, we're not going to take him. Oh, Car- Carolina. I they need a quarterback. That. Seattle needs a... Qu- Seattle. For one year. That is a... That's an intriguing possibility. Yeah, that would Seattle be. has Drew Locke. Yeah. That puts... You know, that just makes you scary. Yeah, yeah, You know, um, Drew Locke. You go from Russell to that? I mean, he, no, they, they... I think that one of the first Monday Night Football games is Seattle. You're saying, yeah. And, and Denver. Um, so Drew's might be coming back. Yeah. Drew Brees coming back after a year off, but I don't understand. He has nothing left in that arm because here's Marino when he retired. Yeah, it was because of his legs. Mm. That arm was still firing. Can't was a, was a can. Out. I mean, when he threw that pass in his Hall of Fame speech to Mark Clayton, mm. you know, it was like, man, he could go out there and, and wow. you know, if, as long as nobody rushed him, he could still sling yeah. it. But Drew Brees could, you know, it like he had to, you know. Go back and like really put his. You, you saw, know, yeah. He yeah. didn't look like he was firing but, those bombs as he used to. I mean, he wants to do something. He said, "I'm either gonna travel this." That. I no, I think that all that extra stuff that he said because what yeah. was just him joking around because everybody was saying that he was gonna leave NBC because he was not very good as, he really as, wasn't. as an analyst. No. Now, since we're since we're talking about this, yeah, we can't get rid of Tom Brady because as soon as he finishes playing. He's going to be the top analyst at Fox. I know. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This I guy. know. He, this oh. guy. He's going to outlive everybody. He's going to outlive. I mean, things. this guy. It's like, you know, for, for me, it's like you having A-Rod in the booth, right? Did he fell asleep. Did you see last night he fell asleep at the game? Who did? A- oh, my gosh. Father, A-Rod fell asleep. They showed he at didn't the... Bro- but he didn't broadcast the no, game. No, at the Suns-Mavs game. They, oh, he was there? Yeah, they showed everybody. Lil Wayne was there. Like, all these stars were there, right? Huge mm-hmm. game. Everything. And they showed a picture of A Rod literally z- 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 out completely. Z- z- 
knocked out. Well, that game was boring in the second well, half. Yeah. It was over. I mean, I don't blame <laughs> Fair enough. It was like that guy in the 76ers, the one that they showed. Oh, yeah. Guys. yeah. But yeah the in, the mid- in the middle of the game, a yeah, very competitive game. It was crazy. It was, it was very good. He was so knocked down. that was not the only bit of big news that we got last week. We got the Dolphins schedule. And you're always thinking, okay, what, what what's so big about the schedule? Huge. Because we already know who we're going to play when the year ends. But quick tidbit, whom it may, not, may or may not interest you, but when I was at the Dolphins, I could not plan anything for my parish until the schedule was released because that's when I found out when I was going to be on the road and when I was going to be at home. And so it was to me, schedule release date, it was late April back then. Yeah. Oh. This, I mean, it wasn't as late as I did this year. But, you know, schedule release is important. And for people like Ashley who like to go to two road games, they have to see, okay, where, when can How I go to? How does it fit to, into my life? Exactly. <laughs> you know, she has events that she has to plan yeah. here and she has work things. So, so we're going to go, we're going to do the feudal exercise that I was going to do with Jorge this morning. I'm honored That's, to do it with you. So we're gonna do it. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep it here in the studio, and we're gonna revisit it. We're gonna do the win loss thing. Let's do we're gonna it. go through win, the, the schedule. Loss. Okay. By the way, we have. Uh, you want to see Tampa Bay? We have that. We have them in the first first preseason game, but I wouldn't recommend going to preseason. No, game. Eagles, Raiders. So those no, are those are, these are those are here at home. Vegas would have been. You would have gone to Vegas. If we I've never been. Never been to Vegas either. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So week one. What is it with the NFL? Big, Three years in a row, we're Patriots. opening up with the Patriots, but this time it's at home. Well, we beat them last year. Right. So that's a good thing. So 9-11, 1 o'clock against the Patriots. Um, our boy Devontae Parker comes down back <sighs> home already. I, I, inconsequential. It's a win. I, I agree. I think week one's going to be a win. Then we go at Baltimore. Now, be Bloodbath. Total bloodbath. That's, you know, they're going to be mad about what we did to them on Thursday night down here. Lamar has a lot of beef with us. We're going to have a but huge... But Lamar doesn't have Hollywood Brown. Well, that's true. Um, we have a big, big fan group going up to that game, so we're going to be well represented. You're going to go? No, to, I'm no. not going to that one. I, I want to live to see my next birthday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, those are there's a few it's places October. that I don't want to go. Yeah, I want to make sure. Um, right, that's so, going to be a tough one. That's a one o'clock on the 18th yeah. against the Ravens. So I say L also. I agree with that. Now Buffalo at home. At some point, we have to be Buffalo. I think this is a statement game. I think we have to come in and say, Josh Allen, no, we're going to beat you. Brian Flores, I don't think ever beat Buffalo. Uh, Three years, I don't think he beat Buffalo ever. No, he didn't. They swept us all those times? Yep. Wow, that's bad. Mm -hmm. But do you think our squad's going to be like Cheetah and Penguin and everyone's going to be in a place by week three to beat a powerhouse like the Bills? It's not about our offense. We got to stop them. We have to stop them. It's about our defense. It's about can we generate the pass rush. And that's what, and remember, it's at home. We don't get Buffalo again until the road until Late. until week before Christmas. So yeah. we oh, I wish it was the other way around. But oh yeah, we get Buffalo at home. That has to be. What do you got? Win or loss? I'm taking. I'm taking the L. I'm putting a W down. I have more faith than you. Better do. than me, Father. Oh, right. and then talk about uh, Buffalo prayers too. Oh Let's no, talk. yeah, I mentioned you that did. in the first He's segment. Terrible. That was oh, so horrible. Yeah. Mentioned that first time. So Thursday, we have a Thursday, Thursday night game. Prime time. That's a prime time prime Thursday. Prime time game on Prime Video. So you have to get your Amazon account up and running. Against the Bengals. Against the, the AFC champion whoa, Bengals. Wow. I'm saying we have a tough early schedule those first four weeks. We're taking an L there. Really? Yeah, we're not going to beat the Bengals. I think that we are, I think we're going to lose also. You have them at one and three going into week five. Correct, but then it gets better because week right. five, I'm planning on going to that one, October going to back 9th, home. October 9th, you're going home to the swamp. We're going to beat the Jets. Of course, you're going to beat the Jets. That's October a 9th. win. 
And that's a beautiful time to go to, I must say. In no, October, October, October. Early fine. October it's in Jersey. New Jersey and in New York is Be a fine. good trip up there. Is so. there ever a good time to be in Jersey? Um, not when it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't say freezing. Chicago experience, Chicago cold. I don't All right. There. October 16th, we have the Vikings home. at home. I, I don't trust the Vikings. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I think that's a W. Now I disagree. I think that's a win. Yeah, I'm saying that's a W. Oh, W, yeah, w, yeah. yeah. You said I don't trust Kirk Cousins. No, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. That's why I say it's a W. Now, yeah. October uh, October 23rd, get ready, for, get ready for a stadium takeover. Brian Flores comes back. That's right. I did not you know that you're right. Oh. And yeah. that is a Sunday night game. Day before my birthday. We haven't had a Sunday night game in eons. We don't have a Monday night game this year, though. That's fine. But Monday night against the Steelers. Ben is gone. Ben Roethlisberger ben is, is gone. So new quarterback, new field. Brian Flores out there. W. I'll take it. I'll take a birthday win. Right now you have the Dolphins now pulling four in. Four and three. Four and three, and I have them at five and two. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Lions on the road. Oh, please. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to skip right over that yep. one. They may bite our kneecaps all they want. We're not. Gonna, they're not going to beat us. Now, at Chicago, you're thinking about going to I, Yeah, I already have my hotel 6th. booked. Yeah. Oh, whoa. See, that's <laughs> why the schedule releases in point boys, girls. Not tickets, though. You can, That's one thing. Do not buy your tickets now because the tickets that first are for sale are season ticket holders. So... Is, you jack them up right now. This your, your sports guys. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Father. So no, you, you want to do um, the travel plans when I take it. So Chicago, Chicago Bears. One o'clock, Soldier Field. Um, I want to say a win because I'll be yeah. there. I'll take it. I'll take Chicago. I'll take the win. Even and then Brian Arlacker. No, Sunday, November 13th, week before the bye. We have, you know, maybe Deshaun Watson coming into town. Yeah. Maybe. We don't know what's going to happen with him. He better him. not perform well because if he does get, I'm taking the L. No. Um, you're going to put an L down? Yeah. Oh. I'm okay. So I have the Dolphins. I mean, I'm, I'm being very optimistic here. I only have the Dolphins with two wins going into the bye. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and two going into the bye. You're looking at. Now, yeah, I know. the Holy Spirit's helping everything. That's, that's right. That's tough. Houston Texans come the time after the bye. That is a W. Yeah. This is third year in a row Houston's coming. Good. For, we remember it was a time we couldn't beat Houston. I like Houston. No, I, I, it's, have you been to Houston as a town? No, I've only been to Dallas out there. No, Houston, it's, it's a concrete jungle. Oh. All right, now we go on the road for two weeks. We're taking a California train. The boys are going to stay out there, They're going to stay out there. They asked for that. Let them. San Francisco and the Chargers back-to-back. Here's the thing. Ooh. San Francisco, uh, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Is it going to be Jimmy G? Garoppolo. going to be Trey Lance? Yeah. Um, I'm taking the win against San Fran, but the loss against the Chargers. That's Herbert's going to light us up. That's what I. That's what I was thinking. I don't think Herbert's gonna. I, I think that game will be more competitive than you think. Everybody, here's a, here's why. Everybody is on the Chargers bandwagon right now. I can see that. They yeah. did a great job on their schedule release video, though. They really oh, I did. didn't see it. Oh, I got to no, check it's it really out. Good. It's, it's, it, the, the social media teams do a great job, but yeah. the Chargers. Yes, Justin Herbert. We should have taken. We all know oh, that. And that what? And, and can we just pause for a second and say how everybody overreacted to the post? The Marlins, that excuse me, the Dolphins social the media underthrow. team. It, it wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't I, great, that but was, it wasn't terrible. It was a little wobbly. It's Cheetah nice. caught it. Yeah, and then Cheetah said, "Here's other throws he made that day." Yeah, but people freaked out. I was like, "Chill, people," as Island Ivers would say. No, <laughs> it's practice. I love it. Yeah. You're talking about practice. Yeah. So that West Coast swing is December fourth and, Dece- and and December eleventh, and you have a W now, and I do too. And then week fifteen, then we, week fifteen, Bills, Bills. At the Bills. Uh, no, it'll be cold. It'll be snowing. I took the L on that one. I'll agree with that. 
And then on Christmas Day, will you be going to that game, Ms. Ashley Sachs? Probably at 1 p.m.? N- probably not. I don't know. Maybe those tickets, if we sell our tickets, they're going to. Oh, the Green Bay fans will be coming down yeah. here in droves, getting out of the we, cold. We might, we might get enough for that uh, to go to the Bahamas that day. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're that, not um, kidding. That, that. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers comes to town. I've seen Aaron Rodgers play in person. I was Have on the you? sidelines, and it was heartbreaking. We had that game one. We had him fourth down, and we let him off the hook. Do you think this is his last year? Um, I do not like to predict what Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are going to do you because can't, you can't. No, yeah. I don't think it's his last year. He has three more three more years in him. Yeah, we always say that about with the Packers though. Or you think he's going to um, bounce? He could possibly bounce. He on. could bounce after this year, I think. Yeah, but where would he bounce to? Maybe Seattle, maybe us. Because Denver, I mean, Denver was always the, the the thing, but now Denver has Russell Wilson. Yeah. But here's the thing about Denver and Russell: what Russell will they get? Will they get the Russell from last year? Yeah. That's... You don't know. Different atmosphere and everything. So, do you take the L on Christmas Day? No, Santa's gonna be good. We're gonna get that win. Um, I'm gonna say yes. I say it's a statement game. And by that time, like we're going to know our team very well. They're going to be playing. Yeah. It's going to be good. This is a futile exercise. If, you, if you're still listening to this, God bless you. I say this every <laughs> week. Uh, New England on New Year's at Day. Gillette. At New, I, I, I've, been, I've been at Gillette on December 3rd, but not on New Year's Day. It's miserable. Gillette. I'm taking the one in Gillette. Really? New I'm Year's. taking the L. Well, you know, that game may mean something or may not mean something that day. So if, like, if we're in a really good position, you know... It depends. So I have a win the last week of the year. We have the Jets at home on January 7th or 8th. So I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 and 5. five. I'm and 11 and 6. 11 and 6. Does that get you in the playoffs? I think so. It doesn't get you AFC East chance. I think but that it the gets Bills. You in the playoffs. Uh, we're, uh, Vegas has it, I believe, 8.5 over under. Mm-hmm. I believe. I'm not sure. Um, it's not terrible. That is not bad. I think we get to nine wins. It that the thing is that opening part of the schedule where you took three L's there, you got to win opening day. You have to. Oh win yeah, opening it day. sets the vibe for the season. And you know the rest is uh, the rest of the schedule is manageable. That West Coast swings tricky. Yeah. And then we come home, and you have that game against. Um, you have that game. I, I just lost. Which start. one? What do, what do we have the, that game against uh, the home game? No, no. The thing is, we no, we don't come home after the West Coast win. We go up to Buffalo. Yeah, up to so Buffalo. So those three games, and then we come back for Green Bay. And then see, December's gonna be crazy. Yeah. But those three games, San Francisco, the Chargers, we can run with the Chargers. Justin Herbert came here as rookie year and two out dual tournament. Yeah. I'm just saying. So Tua has to go to the next level. So or else December's gonna be miserable. Oh, I can't even think miserable. about Tua right now. Because it's, listen, San Francisco and went to the NFC Championship last year. Chargers, everybody's on their bandwagon. <laughs> Buffalo on the road, and then Aaron Rodgers coming here on, on Christmas, Christmas Day. Yeah. Santa, be nice to us. Yeah. All right. Well, Baby I'll Jesus, tell you, I like what the Dolphins us. have been doing. I know it's like non important, but they were signed a pass rusher this week. As a whole. They went to the FTX, or not the FTX. They went to the Formula One race. They, they, are, went, a they went to the group. Panthers game. And the Panthers game, Christian Wilkins on the big screen, all that good stuff. But so I like that. And But the thing is, yes, they're going as a group, but you know who's there is with, with them. Coach. Coach was you there, You never yeah. saw Brian Flores doing that kind of stuff. Flores was at some event early on, but then, you but know. But no, he's like, the, you know, Coach Mike is like 
part of the group. It's you Coach know, Mike now? McDaniel. I don't know what we call him <laughs> yet. Starbucks barista. I don't know what we have for him yet. <laughs> but it, it's good to see the off-season Team Camaraderie building and enjoying the events that we have here. So I'm really looking forward to Dolphins Speaking season. of Formula One, are you oh, do you no. are you into it or no? No, you're a Daytona girl. I'm a I'm a NASCAR girl. Yeah. I I just you know, and the thing is, it's so uh, me being Italian, like it's so popular, like in Europe. I can't get into. It. They look like a little Mario Kart like characters. You, can, you don't have the passes like no. Daytona. You, you could be out in the back and still win the race. Yeah, I didn't like it. I um, mean, if you're not in the top, and we were talking about no. that last week, which brings me to the question that that I wanted to ask you, and I yeah. wish that Hori and I talked about, you know, your bucket list sports venue or sports event. Uh, you know, things that you have to do. She's thinking about this right well, now. Well, I want to see the Dolphins in a Super Bowl. Well, obviously, but That's, I'm saying, but control. what sports venue? You've been to Fenway. Yeah, I've been to Fenway. I you, was you've outside been to, Wrigley. Been to, you were outside Wrigley. That's right. You went to Shout. No, but and no, when you go to Wrigley, they'll be done. You know, so yeah. even if they're in the World Series, which you're not going to be. No. So, By the way, how are the Red Sox doing down there? Red Sox won our first series this weekend. Yay. So up, upward trajectory. So you're saying like. Sports venue, your bucket list. You know, what like a venue you, you... It was Wrigley, but... You say, you, uh, I have to see a sporting event in this venue. For me, it would be Lambeau. Okay, I could see that. Cameron, I said Lambeau, Cameron Endo, yeah. the Rose Bowl for a Rose Bowl game. Oh, that's the a big house. Question. I've been to a lot. You know, I'm very blessed that I've you seen have, a lot. Yeah. I have done, you know, I've, Fenway you and I have You and I have talked about going to Daytona. Yes, the 500. Group, yeah. I've done that. I, I'm, when it comes to like stadiums and arenas... And then I went to United Center, so I saw all of that this mm-hmm. year. But I mean, House of Michael. Bill. I want to see more baseball stadiums. I definitely want to get to Colorado. See Coors that. Field, I've seen from the outside. Angels. I want to go see San Diego and Petco. Um, that's a, that's an interesting. But I'll, what about the one in San Francisco? Yeah, Oracle. 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 Yep, yep. Oracle. I want to see. That's. I saw that one from the outside. So also. I think, and I'll be honest. Like I grew up, you know, going to the old Yankee Stadium. I haven't <sighs> seen the new one. And the food menu there, there's like cannoli milkshakes. Hey, now. I don't want to say talking. Yankee Stadium, but I do want to see the new Yankee Stadium. What about City Field? I've been to City Field. Oh, I went to I St. John's. So I went. I did internships right. at uh, City Field. And obviously at St. John's, you've been to MSG. Of course. I've been there. See the Rain- Rangers, Rangers game when they won that. Gosh. Did you see the end of that game? I didn't. The end of that game, they scored an overtime. I have never heard that arena so loud. Oh, I mean, it's I mean I'm watching it on TV, but it, it was like it was rocking. I mean, that's why... As much as we we, we, we we sour on the Knicks, yeah, you know, the league is better. Our rivalry is better when the Knicks are relevant. Yeah. We, we like to yeah, ra- yeah. we like to say we love to rag on them because they're irrelevant. But you know, we want them to be relevant. So, uh, but yeah, no MSG. I really want to. You know, I had an opportunity to see a Heat game there when I was trying with the Dolphins, and I did, and I still rue the day when LeBron and Wade were there. And um, but see the Heat game, see the Heat and MSG. See a game in Lambeau. Yeah. See a game. See, you know, I haven't been to Fenway. I, I, it's the best ballpark in the world. We're talking about going to Fenway this summer, summer with yeah. some friends. But uh, but no, those are the, the top places. So a lot of stuff we talked about. Go Heat, go Panthers, Marlins. NHL. We don't like. Oh, oh my goodness. We didn't talk about the Marlins. So, okay. So this <laughs> I was about week, to wrap it up. Uh, no, no. We have to talk about it real quick. Yes, I so know. So this weekend, talk about it with a few of us went to the Marlins games like our own agenda, right? I went and our, Sophia went and Father and George went. And I was like, all right, well, I'll meet up. So I text father when we get there. And the giveaway this week was um, a championship ring for the 1997 championship. And it was such good quality, like fantastic. It so we was. got there early. So we go through the gate at the bar in the outfield. I'm like, hey, father, where are you at? And all of a sudden, father sends me a picture. He's on the field. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, how are With you? Horror, on the, yeah. yeah, on the field. 
And I thought I was cool. Like, you know, oh, look at the ring. They're giving me teal beer, all this. I was like, well, I'm on the field. And I was like, what? Watching batting. But here's the thing. I was invited down for batting practice. I didn't know I was going to be there when the 97 team came out. So I'm seeing all these guys. I was in finishing my first year of major seminary of graduate school when it's happened. Jorge was 12 years old. And we're watching all these guys that we we, we grew up with. Yeah. You know, on the field, Jim Leland was there. Levon Hernandez was there. Edgar Enteria. You took a picture with I, him. I met Edgar, yeah. I mean, game. By the way, Edgar Enteria, I said that to Jorge, has a distinction of being the last at bat in two World Series. One was that winning hit in 97. The other one, I believe, was oh, was it 04? No, it was an 04. It was against the Red Sox in 07, I want to say. Uh, he struck out oh. for the Red Sox. I want to say it was that one. Uh, but I know he had last at bat in two World World Series to end it. And it was just great to see. They look good. They, they did. You know, they played a softball game yesterday. I, I haven't seen the highlights <laughs> of it, but I must have been entertaining. <laughs> I know Alex Fernandez very well because he was a parishioner in my last parish. Oh, great guy. He? And he was a great pitcher and, and pitched oh. well, so great that year. But for for Jorge and I, we were like little kids down there. We were like nobody. You're starstruck, we and were, you don't get starstruck because you were. No, I you don't know. because I was all the time. I mean, I used to, but all the time that I spent with you know in the NFL. Yeah. Remember the first time at Marino, first time I met Greasy, Dick Anderson, all you know, all these guys, Lazanka. Then you know, Marino's flying next to me in in, in, a, in a plane going it's to so London, wild. and it's I like can't yeah, even fathom that. you know, it's oh. like okay, but no, but it it, it was and seeing Greg, Craig Council was the manager of the Brewers. He scored the winning run. Would have loved to see Bobby Bonilla there. I guess he's waiting for his next paycheck from the, from the Mets. <laughs> That's on July first fraud. One, you know, I mean, for the Mets, not for us. He came through I for know. us, and for the Pirates, he did pretty well. I think with Tune, him and Ben Simmons, they're just sucking the life out of the money out there. They're just right, but I terrible. But Hori and I, we were we were on the field. We have plenty of contact for the podcast. I almost I almost skipped over it, and thank you for reminding me. I was like, no, we spent so much time. It was a great game too. It was a very fantastic three home three home runs in one inning. Amazing. Hori and I were caught on the scoreboard twice because we were literally where our seats were, and we're right in line with 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 the uh, with the cameras that look at the right handed batter. So we're right behind that. So we had a blast. And it was great because Jorge and I have such terrible luck. We went through the, the our schedule because we check in, and it shows us our, my schedule last year. I had season tickets last year. Oh. I only saw three wins. Oh no! Last year, I mean, out of oh, no. out of the, I, it was twenty game package. I think I went to maybe ten or fifteen of them, yeah. but only three wins. Terrible. It, it, you're like you're welcome back. <laughs> no, I, I mean, but it was, but it was a great experience. And, and shout out to Alfie Mesa for making it happen. I mean, I thought it was just to see batting practice. Saw you know. Um, not quick counsel, but Christian Yelich take batting practice. It was yeah. great. We noticed the dead ball. I mean, the Renfro, balls were dying. The yeah. balls were dying. Renfro hit a blast. Uh, oh my goodness! I miss him blast. on the Red Sox. He hit a blast. You miss a lot of people on the Red Sox. Oh, and Mookie back. Are they going to trade Xander? It, there's talks about it. There's talks why about would him. you? We so you have him a bad year. You keep. Uh, I, I don't. I don't get that. You're having a bad year. You move on. We're gone over an hour. I my know, goodness. but you know how it is. it's cutthroat up there. Alex Cora will be the next one on the chopping block. No, you but know. the people are like that. Yeah, I made made the playoffs last year. But we shouldn't be in last place. There's no excuse. Granted, the AL East it. is a great division. Well, if you but get we sale, I mean, and be. what's what's the story with Sale? You know, he had another setback. I think. No, but that's only one game every what five, five, five six five. rotations. So that's not going to help us big time. But it's a terrible year to watch the Red Sox. And I mean, I'm so thankful that the Heat and the Panthers are doing so well. They are because if they weren't, and then I had the Red Sox, I would be in such a funk right now. No, no. We, uh, <laughs> Last last Monday we were funk. This Monday we we're are good. Now. I'm excited. All right. So Jorge, we pray that when you listen, we pray that MJ gets better and you're back with us next week. Yes. Next week is our season finale. 
And by the way, this is episode 50. I can't believe that. Oh. So next week, our season finale, we may, you know, depending on, you know, circumstance, we may have a, a, an episode here or there uh, during the month of June if, yeah. if warranted. But next week, uh, before Memorial Day weekend, we had said it's a couple weeks it was going to be our season finale. So stay tuned for that. And things will hopefully we'll talk great things championship about. potentials hopefully we'll be talking about the heat up in their series and the panthers up in their championship series. parade planning you know we'll, we'll you know and, and like i said we may have to come on if we're in the final we'll broadcast live from a championship parade we jorge and i we want to do that from new orleans but we don't know you know <laughs> what, what, how our schedule is going to be because it's memorial day and it's a funny you know night. i, I, I yeah. want to go to the world war ii museum up there and I have some friends I want to touch base There's with. There's some it's cool a, things. Also, I, I'm also working. I have, I have a convention. Oh, I, I think you're going to go there for vacation. No, no, no. It's not vacation. It's a, it's a convention I have to go to. So a lot of things going on. Uh, please uh, remember uh, Parish this week. We have so many things going on. We have the fishing tournament this weekend. Yeah, we have our St. Teresa fishing tournament on Saturday, May 21st at Shake a Leg in Coconut Grove from 12 to 5. Tickets are $40 for adults, $25 for kids. Includes all-you-can-eat food, drinks, fun, entertainment. All the proceeds go right back to the school. So definitely, if you guys are around, we'd love to have you on Saturday from 12 to 5 at the dock party. And the tournament runs, boats, lines in, 6 a.m., goes all the way through. So definitely love to see you guys uh, there this weekend, praying for good weather. Jorge literally just, I haven't texted him all, all morning. He just sent it. Greetings to our podcast family. So he's chiming in. Oh. So there you go. Hello. Uh, hello, Jorge. And uh, pray everything is great, great over there at the Santibanez household. Yes. So friends, we'll talk next week. Uh, if you can, please support us in the, in the fishing tournament. As Ashley just said, gave you the deets. Go on our website. There's more details there. And uh, pray for everything we talked about in the first segment. Yeah. Love one another as Christ loved us. And may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.